the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fact is, when God's got a promise, He keeps His promises. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Today we're going to be in Psalm chapter 18, and I entitled this message, Seen in the Dark. I think we could all agree, it's a lot harder to see in the dark than it is during the day. That's probably why it's a little creepy at night, because we can't see what's in front of us. Have you ever been on one of those last, you know, like the last person coming out of the mall when it closes and you're parked in the back 40, the last parking lot or whatever? That's when you learn how to pray real quick as you walk, because it's like everything's creepy and little noises freak you out. Or when you're awakened in the middle of the night by something moving outside your window. During the day, it's no big deal. But when it's dark, oh, it's completely different. There are a lot of people that are not fond of the dark simply because it's harder to see. Well, the same goes for us spiritually. It's hard for us to see what tomorrow has for us. Our future might be in the dark to us, you could say. We're not sure how certain aspects of our life are going to work out, how issues in our family will play out. You know, if we're single, we want to know, you know, who we're going to marry one day. If we're not crazy about our job, we wonder, is there a different line of work that maybe I should be pursuing? Yes, there are many things in life that can keep us, you could say, in the dark. And when we're in the dark on any given area or any given subject, it's hard to see the way out, which can cause us to worry. It can cause us to question ourselves. It can cause us to wonder about our circumstances, which eventually can lead us to question the Lord himself. And David, the psalmist, had his share of times when he simply didn't have a clue on what in the world was happening to him in life and why it was happening the way it was happening. For he started out just a happy-go-lucky teenage boy. He was obedient to his father. As he cared for the family sheep. That's how David started. You know, he took his responsibility serious. You know, we're told at one point that a lion came and took one of the lambs that he was watching for his father. And I'm sure he was looking for some lamb chop dinner. That is, the lion was. But that's when David, taking his job serious and protecting the sheep as a teenager, sprung into action. And he went after the lion. And he seized it by its beard and he killed it. And he did the same thing another time when a bear came to attack the sheep. Now, we're not given any more details on those two subjects other than that. But David 
did have a sword with him. Was it a spear? Was it a sword? I mean, we don't know because we're not given the details. But what we do know is this. David seemed to have an incredible relationship with the Lord, even from such a young age, that he simply trusted the Lord to help him when he was up against the wall, up against a lion, or up against a bear. But that's why God said of him that David was a man after my own heart. Was he like praying like, Lord, this lion's going to take my sheep. Lord, help me, strengthen me right now. I mean, who knows what he did because we're not told. But he did something, and it must have been like that. And that's why God said, man, this guy right here, he's after my own heart. But as you already know, after David was anointed by Samuel the prophet, nothing really happened to David at first. He was told that he was going to be the next king of Israel. But yet, when? Like, when is that going to happen? Oh, it didn't happen for 10 years. It didn't happen for more than that. Then with no warning, on just another day, just like any other day, David woke up and he was asked by his father to take some supplies to his brothers. So again, we don't know how old he is. Is he 14? Is he 15? I mean, we're not told. But that's, you know, when all of a sudden his brothers were up fighting against the Philistines. Actually, they hadn't started the battle yet. You know, they're just kind of choosing each other off. And of course, he was obeying his dad and he went to go check up on his brothers and bring some cheese and some other food and stuff and what have you. And when David got there, there wasn't much of a war going on at all because they haven't started it yet. At this point, it was just all talk. And the majority of that talk was happening by one guy, one man. He was a really big guy with a really big mouth, literally a huge mouth. Why? Because he was a giant and his name was Goliath. He stood nine foot, six inches tall. Think about that. I was standing next to Shaq, you know, Shaq daddy, you know, used to play for the Lakers, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, Shaq is like seven feet. He's huge. He's like 400 pounds. And when you stand next to him, you realize this is a huge guy. Now imagine Goliath was two feet six inches taller than what Shaq was and played for the Lakers. It says in the Bible that his spear was the size of a beam, and he was talking trash about the living God and the army of the Israelites. That's when David walked up as this young boy, 14, 15 years old, and he said, hey, someone needs to go shut that man's mouth because he can't talk that way against my God. And you know the story. God used David to drop Goliath like a bad habit. Yes, a teenage boy killed a giant. God used this massive mismatch to do a couple different things. Number one, God put the fear in the hearts of the entire Philistine army as they personally witnessed a teenager, this little kid, go and take down their champion. Imagine that. They're thinking like, what? Look at this little kid. Oh, Goliath is going to stuff him in the hole. Oh, no, that little kid took and killed your giant, and he took his own sword, that is Goliath's sword, and chopped off his head. Man, it put fear in the Philistines, because what are they thinking? Well, if this little kid can do that to our giant, 
what is this army going to do to us? So they were petrified by it. And number two, God filled the entire army of Israel with his strength as they watched this boy kill a man that they were all terrified of. So now the people of God are saying like, oh my goodness, God is really with us. Look what he did. So it energized them and strengthened them. But notice, nobody was expecting any of that to happen. I wonder, for all of you that are listening on the radio right now, how many things could God have done and made happen in our lives if we were all ready to simply be used by God in our daily lives as we go through just another daily routine? Like, could God still use you today? I mean, what time is it right now where you're listening to this on the radio? I mean, is there something that you could do? I mean, we're on really early in the morning back on the East Coast. Maybe you got the whole day in front of you. Could God do something for you in this day? Or maybe you're listening to it later in the afternoon. Hey, the day's not over with yet. I mean, could God still do something with you today or maybe tomorrow? See, sometimes we're never used by God because we never think we could be used by God. But this was just another day for David. Maybe this is not just another day for you. Well, the reason I bring all of this up here now as you're listening on the radio is because after what David did, as shocking as it was, this little teenage boy taking down this nine foot six warrior, God allowed David to be put in charge of the Israeli army. And nobody, of course, had a problem with that, for it was obvious to all that God had his hand on David. And it didn't take long for David to conquer whoever came before him. And that's when it all went downhill for David. Downhill? You're thinking, wait, I thought he was doing everything right. He was. Yes, he was. Because the women, though, they started singing the praises to David and not as much to the current king, Saul. They were singing, oh, Saul has killed his thousands. But David, oh, ooh la la, he has killed his ten thousands. And because of that, the jealousy of King Saul was enticed. And he was jealous of this young shepherd boy. And he couldn't stand the fact that David was more popular than he was As the king. Now, this, of course, was all brought on by his own personal disobedience to the Lord, and God wanted him to be removed. But he refused to go. It's like God said, Hey, Saul, I fire you. And Saul's like, I'm not leaving. Oh, okay, that's nice. So that was the beginning of the unraveling of King Saul. And King Saul became more and more deluded, and he tried to kill David on numerous occasions. He thought, you know what? Why be jealous of this guy? Let me just kill him, and then it's back. All the attention could be on me. So there was not once but twice he took his spear and tried to harpoon him and make David a shish kebab and stick him to the wall. He pursued David for close to 15 years, trying to kill him, but he never was able to succeed. Why? Because God had his hand on David until finally King Saul was killed in battle. That's how God had to finally get rid of him. And David was finally able to become the undisputed king and unite Israel. That, of course, is what God desired and what he told David was going to happen almost 20 years earlier. Wow, 
20 years almost. I mean, it's like you ever been waiting on a promise and you're just thinking like, when is this ever going to happen? I remember when I was 20 years old, the Lord shared with me that I would be a pastor one day. And I'm thinking it was going to happen in the next two weeks, like two weeks, three weeks, maybe a month. It's like, oh, no, it was until like 17 years later before it happened. I mean, I longed for it. I pursued it. I was in ministry. I was in every part of ministry that you could imagine. I taught home Bible studies just waiting for this opportunity. But I knew it was going to happen because God had promised it to me. So therefore, there I was. Well, listen, as we get into our study today, you know, we're told here that David wrote Psalm 18. And after he fled from the hands of Saul. So we know when it was written, it was after he fled from Saul, after the Lord had delivered him from all of his enemies. And again, how do we know this? For some of the Psalms are given titles before we get to verse 1. And that's what's shared with us here before we get to verse 1. So in the context of this Psalm, Psalm 18, you know, we know that the circumstances of David's life is what it was here. So let's think about this one point here. Honoring the Lord, as I read to you the first couple verses here of Psalm 18.1. So, hey, look, if you're driving in your car, you keep your eyes on the road, and I'll do the reading. Psalm 18.1 says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God and my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Wow! How encouraging is that? That is unbelievable. Now, why do we at Core Church Los Angeles, why do we read the text and then exposit on the text? It's because it's like this is how you grow in a relationship with God. That's why we do at Core Church Los Angeles, we do book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. So, for an example, we just got done doing walking through the book of Exodus on Sunday morning. We're going to start the book of Matthew now. We're going to go chapter by chapter, verse by verse. That means that we'll be in the book of Matthew for probably, I'd say, uh, over a year. Think about that. But it's like, that's how you get the full counsel of God's Word. That's what we do at Core Church Los Angeles. Let me ask you as we end the year. Now, if you've listened to this program for any amount of time, it's like, you'll know that we don't do one thing. What do we don't do? We don't beg you for money. We don't always have, like, oh, send me in for this book, and hey, buy this, and boo, do this, and if you send this and we'll send you that. We don't do any of that. Why? Because we look at our radio program, Core Truth Radio. We look at it as an opportunity to minister to you. What is our goal? It's to see you grow in your relationship with Christ. That's all we want to do. We want to see you grow. Now, people do support us. There's a handful of people that will support us. And if you're one of those people, I want to personally thank you for supporting us. And we're very thankful for that. But it's like we don't come up with near as what it costs to do this program. But it's like that's an outreach program for us. But as we get to the end of the year now, and you're listening to this here at the end of the year, if you could maybe think about and pray about sending us a year-end donation, hey, we would appreciate it. If not, then don't. But just ask the Lord if he would have you to send us any donation whatsoever, you know, to help support this radio program. Again, it would be much appreciated. But with that said, if even if you don't, we still want to minister to you. We want this to be a source 
resource that can encourage you in your faith. But getting back here to our text, without question, it is good for us at times to reflect on all the Lord has done for us. For many times, we can be so overwhelmed with all that's happening around us that we can forget all that the Lord has already done. Well, that's not the case with David. He took time to sit down and write out just how good the Lord has been. And for those that are thinking, I wish I had something to sit down and write about. But right now, you might be thinking, I have nothing but hardship and problems surrounding me. Maybe that's where you're at right now. But that's the whole point of keeping track of our lives as a whole. For there are times in life that our lives can resemble the seasons of the year. Am I not correct in this? I mean, we at times are in spring, right? When everything seems fresh and coming alive around us, things are working in our favor. You know, we're starting to see things growing around us. Then we can move into the summer of life where a lot of our hard work is paying off. Things are flourishing around us. Everything seems to be in full bloom. The the sun is up. The days are warm. But then all of a sudden fall hits. And at first, the color of things are changing. And it's like, okay, this is really beautiful. But it can be a little deceiving, right? Because at first glance, it looks so nice. But then we realize that things that have happened and the colors that are changing, they're all starting to dry up and things are starting to die around us. It can be like a marriage drying up. It can be like a marriage in a rough spot. You know, maybe you're not doing so good in your marriage right now or your children are starting to go down some roads that you're not so sure of and you're not going to, you don't know where they're going to end up. And what's starting off as okay is now not looking so good. Then we enter into the winter of life, and it's cold, it's chilly, and all the leaves have fallen off the tree of my life. My days seem to be short with not much beauty in my life at all, and we're not sure how it's all going to work out. But again, this is why life, this side of heaven, this is what happens. We go through many different seasons of life. And as I've already said, David's life was far from any kind of a fairy tale of how a poor shepherd boy became king. For there were many sleepless nights in David's life. He had to run for his life, times when he was hungry, times when he was cold. Yes, David had gone through almost two decades of hardship, of difficulty, of total misery. You know, where he had nothing but to hang on to but the promises of God. And maybe that's where you are today. You have nothing to hang on to but the promises of God. Promises that one day God was going to work out things just like David. He was hoping, like, I know the prophet Samuel told me I'd be king of Israel one day. He had to hang on to that promise. You know, that's what the prophet Samuel said. And I'm sure after five years, 10 years, 15 years, don't you think that David thought maybe that old prophet was just too old? Maybe he was senile. Maybe, you know, perhaps it was the devil who whispered in his ear because what he said was going to happen hasn't happened yet. What would you have thought if you were David? Think about it. You get a promise from the prophet Samuel, and then all of a sudden five years blows by, 10 years, 15 years. I wonder how you listen and how you cling to the promises of God. Because the fact is, when God's got a promise, he keeps his promises. It's not always in our timing. It's not always in your timing. It's not in my timing. But God kept his promise to David. But when God says in his word, do not fear, 
Do you fear? When God says, don't be anxious with your circumstances, are you anxiety-filled with your circumstances? When something turns sour, do you automatically just think the worst? You know, when you're struggling financially, you know, you know, where are you at in your life? It's like, see, God says that he will meet us in with all of our needs. That's what he says. He promises that he will meet all of our needs. So are your needs not being met right now? Are you freaking out? Well, have you prayed about it? Listen, the intensity of how you pray for something should be equivalent to what you are praying about. So if you're praying about where to go to lunch, well, I wouldn't spend too much time praying about that. Do you want a burger or a burrito? Okay, it's not that hard. But when you're praying about, hey, you don't know how you're going to make the rent. You don't know how you're going to pay some of your bills. You don't know what's going on. The transmission dropped out of your car. You got to pray with fervency. I mean, this is not just your, oh, Lord. God, bless the flowers and give me a new transmission. No, this is like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get to work. I, I Lord, I got to have a car. I mean, you have to pray with fervency and you have to pray non-stoppingly. Yes. But then there are the questions, you know, are your needs really your needs? See, I talk to many that are having financial issues. And when you start really investigating their spending habits, it doesn't take long to see why they're having so many problems financially. I mean, did you know that for years I worked in construction? I packed my lunch every day. And there's guys that would come to work and they buy their lunch every day. It's 10 bucks, 12 bucks every day. You stop for a coffee every single day, five bucks at, you know, Pete's Coffee or Starbucks or, you know, whatever, you know, coffee bean, wherever you go, you know. But it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's five bucks a day. Well, that's $25. You know, you buying lunch every day, that's 10, 12 bucks a day. Okay, that's another $50, $60. And then your coffee, you're spending 100 bucks a week on coffee. And lunch. Think about that. That's a hundred bucks a week. That's four hundred bucks a month. I mean, I mean, good grief. That's forty eight hundred dollars a year. You spent five grand on coffee and lunch. Okay, so you know when you're having financial difficulties, it's like you can't be buying lunch. You have to. Peanut butter and jelly. That's right. I mean, I've done it for years. I have done whatever it took because that's where we were at financially. And if you've got massive credit card debt and you're still doing $5 coffees every morning and you're buying $10, $12 lunches every day, it's like, and then you're complaining because you have financial debt. It's like, you need to change your spending habits. And it's like, we can't spend more than we make. It's just what happens. Yes, David was able to write Psalm 18 because he had already went through the fire for at least 15 years plus. And now looking back, what is David able to say? Verse 1, Lord, I love you. You're my strength. Yes, because David was able to look back on all the hardship in his life. And through time, he was able to see that God was truly faithful to him, that God had actually kept every promise. Now, yes, there was seasons in his life that were winter, chilly. Everything was dead. It was Everything was dormant around him. I understand that. Those things happen. But he was able to look back over the long haul. And that's what we have to do at times. You have to take a step back. Look, when something is not happening that I understand in front of me, okay, I have to take a couple steps back. And I know this. I know God loves me. I know that he cares about me. So I don't know why these circumstances are happening now. I don't know why all this is falling apart. But I do know this. I know God loves me. And I have to cling to him and have to say, Lord, are you trying to show me something? Listen, I wonder where you are here today. It's the holidays. Supposed to be the happiest time of the year. 
For many people, it's not the happiest time of the year. It's miserable because we're having problems in our family and what have you. But listen, where are you at with the Lord? Are you a little distant from him? Because if you feel a little distant from the Lord, well, you're probably distant from him. I mean, think about it. If you feel that way, then you're probably distant from him. But it's not because God hates you. Maybe your sin has caused a separation between you and him. Listen, I wonder if there's any prodigal sons or prodigal daughters out there. You know, you're not really walking with the Lord like you should. You've got some sin issues in your life. Have you ever thought that maybe that is causing some of these problems to happen? Listen, if you want to get right with the Lord, you want to just get clean with him today. You know, you don't have to jump through hoops. You need to pray. And so I want to lead you in that prayer now. Say this, pray this, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I want to walk with you. I want to be who you want me to be. Come into my life. Yes, Lord, I know you died for me, Lord. I need you in my life. Help me, walk with me, be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Listen, if you'd like to have some materials to help you and encourage you in that walk, you can text me at 323-807-3255. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.